Crashing the Boards, the Northwestern Women's Basketball Podcast. It's the usual suspects. But we're all in the same place. We're in person. I'm Amit Malik, joined by Austin Miller, Matt McHugh, finally back in our home our little alcove here on the fourth floor. We of got a Michigan Ohio State women's game on the big screen. We're just cozied up here. Couldn't ask for anything better. Uh, I'm ex- I'm personally excited that I can actually make eye contact with Matt instead of stumbling over him on Skype, where you'll ask a question and then there's like ten <laughs> seconds of silence. Who's gonna talk? Who's gonna talk? And then we both start talking at the same time. Yeah, but that's not gonna happen today. Now nah, we're gonna do it. Uh, very excited to be in person back with you guys. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Northwestern women's basketball got a Big Ten win, win in the last week. Uh, they played Nebraska pretty tight. Uh, Nebraska pulled two away in the fourth quarter. But two positive performances. And then we got two uh, winnable road trips. One of them a little bit harder than the other, but both are certainly winnable. Purdue and Wisconsin. Purdue on Thursday, Wisconsin on Sunday. We can revisit that definition in a little bit. Okay, we will. Um, one of us in the room will be on the call for each of them, Matt, and we'll be on Wisconsin, I'll be on Purdue. Let's get into it, guys, starting with Nebraska. Uh, this was back on Sunday. Uh, Nebraska came into town, and, you know, they're a solid Big Ten team, and Northwestern played them pretty close for three quarters, but then Nebraska kind of blew it away. Yeah, this was... I don't know that they even played them close necessarily for three quarters, but Northwestern played a really good third quarter and a really good second quarter. They battled back. They got down eight early. It just kind of looked like Northwestern left a couple of gaps in their defense, and Nebraska took advantage of that with open three-pointers. That, for me, was the story of this game. Nebraska hit ten threes. Northwestern hit two. Uh, Taylor Kissinger and Hannah Whitish just had, had too much space to shoot, and that was kind of the end of the story for Northwestern. But I thought the Wildcats did a really good job of bouncing back to get back in this game. And then it just kind of felt like they ran out of steam a little bit down the end. But this was a very, very positive performance for Northwestern. Palos Kanayakpana, two games that we're going to talk about today. She was fantastic in both of them. Double-doubles in each. 11-16 against Nebraska. And this was against Kate Kane, a really good defensive big, even as just a freshman. She's a great shot blocker. Matt, I thought Akpana attacked Kane really well and played really, really well in this game. And she is just blossoming before our very eyes for Northwestern. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, you look at the fact that Kate Kane only took six shots for them in that game. She was definitely aware of Palos Kunayakpana in the post and did not want any part of Palos Kunayakpana on the defensive end. And that's huge. That really changed the Nebraska game plan and probably made them work for buckets a lot more than they expected to because one of the traditional Nebraska plays for them this year is just feed Kate Kane in the post, let her score on the inferior big. Palos Kunayakpana made sure that that did not happen. They forced Nebraska to beat them in other ways and well, when they shoot 10 for 21 from deep, that's going to happen sometimes. 54% overall from the field. That's a really good tally. But as you said, Kane didn't beat them. Eight points, five rebounds. She was in foul trouble at some points during the first half. Northwestern game plan really, really well. I think they just kind of forgot about Whitish and kissing her on a couple plays. And admit in the Big Ten, that can be the difference sometimes. Yeah, Joe McEwen was very unhappy with his team's three-point defense. That was the number one thing he was uh, kind of on about after the game. And that's part of it. When you play a really aggressive zone, you load up on one side, you get a weak side shooter. You better hope it's a bad shooter, or you better be ready to recover and defend it. And Northwestern, I think they're a solid defensive team, and against teams that aren't great three-point shooters, you, we've seen what they've done. They absolutely smother them. But against the better offenses they faced this season, their defense has slipped a little bit, and that's because better offenses know how to exploit the zone and shoot out of it. And Northwestern, 
you know, was a little bit unlucky that Nebraska shot so well, but you can't leave a team that good that open. Yeah, two points on Nebraska's offense against Northwestern's defense for me. One, as you said, Nebraska moved the ball really well and found those open shooters. It wasn't it wasn't as though Northwestern was getting beat by one pass threes, you know, where Whitish would bring it up, pass, get it back. It was these consistent ball movements, and then Whitish would be alone in the corner on the wing. She'd get an open look, and she'd knock it down. So that's the first point. The second point, Nebraska's late shot clock offense in this game was fantastic. And part of that was their ability, and part of that, they just kind of got lucky. Northwestern played great defense for 26 seconds a lot of times in this game. But it seemed like time after time after time, Nebraska found a late possession bucket, and that's what allowed them to end up getting this win and making it a 10-point game rather than where it could have been, you know, down to the wire possession or two. They just scored really well at the end of the shot clock. One other note for me on this game was the lack of turnovers for Northwestern. That was a huge plus for me. Again, Remember, this is a growing team. It's a young team. You're looking for those little improvements here and there, even in the losses. And like you both said, this was a well-played game. I think a big part of that was just 12 turnovers for the team. Jordan Hamilton only had three as the primary point guard, playing almost the whole game. Lindsey Pulliam did not turn it over at all. She had the ball in her hands a lot this game as well. Those are encouraging signs for the young players. And the six turnovers from Palos Kanayakpana on paper doesn't look very good, but she was really aggressive. Northwestern kind of shifted their offensive game plan in this game. They decided to run some offense through her. So yes, she had those six turnovers, but she came up with five steals on the other end of the court, had three blocks as well. Sometimes you're going to have those growing pains when you kind of switch that offense a little bit. I'm not as concerned about that number as it would maybe suggest just looking at it wrong. I think it's a good thing for Northwestern to run some offense through Akpana. I think that is kind of a new look for them, and I think that's one that, you know, if she can pass. Yeah, and one of the things that's been impressive about them running it through her is that she's been able to use both hands and post up efficiently as, like, it just looks clean when she does yeah. it. it. It looks like she has a few, you know, she's got pretty good footwork. She's got a, two or three moves. She's gotten good at the pump fake up and then go yep. left which is how she she really got KK. I don't think it was uh, expected that. And she's just super explosive. So if she gets good position, you know, she can do some damage. The, the question is, you know, if you develop as a good post-up player, can you pass out of it? I think she, she's done. She's getting there. She's getting there. She's she does all need to do. Northwestern, their offense, I'd love to see it be, you know, palace-centric the rest of the way through Big Ten play because... Why not? The, the way their offense was a non-conference play... You know, I don't think is efficient enough to sustain sure. itself in Big Ten play. And, you know, one thing you've heard us, we, maybe if you go back to a podcast ago, we had a long discussion about more threes, but that's also something Northwestern could do. Take more three-pointers. Well, they were 2 of 16 from threes in this yeah, game. Yeah, they listened. It just, yeah, it just didn't work. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, time. More games. Exactly. More games. games. Put them up. Put one them up. final thing about Akpana is you mentioned her ability in the post. She's gotten, she's always been a, a terrific athlete. I think Matt, am I fair in saying she's the best athlete in the Big Ten? Uh, Stephanie Mavunga making a pretty good case as we're watching yeah. her on the screen here, but yeah. pretty darn close. Yeah, there was a pass against Wisconsin. I was broadcasting that game with Darren Zaslow. A pass that was thrown that was incredibly high, and Akpana just skied for it and brought it down. And I said, she's the only player in the Big Ten who could have brought that down. I think her vertical is probably better than anybody in this conference. But polishing her game has kind of been what Northwestern is looking to do. 
And Matt, I think she's getting to that point where that game is becoming more refined. You're trusting her in the post. The free throw shooting is better. She can stretch that out a little bit. An 8 or 12 footer isn't the end of the world. She can kind of go with both hands. That's just positive, positive, positive for Northwestern the more that happens. Exactly. It's just about maturing and growing a little bit more. It's taken Akpana maybe a bit longer than it takes some other players. She's in her junior season. But remember that we, we go back to those podcasts we were talking about Akpana last year, the year before. We were both very excited about her potential, yeah. at least as a rebounder off the bench, or just that energy she provides with the athleticism. And I think now we're starting to see her game get more refined, where she can be a go-to option offensively, and she really wasn't a couple years ago. And to me, that's a great sign of an improving young player just getting better. The two games were breaking down on this podcast. She had 16 rebounds against Nebraska, and then admit as we move into the Wisconsin game, she had 18 rebounds in the win against Wisconsin. Yeah. Now, what, what does PKA like to eat? <laughs> Glass! Yeah! yeah. yeah. Well, this, this podcast <laughs> is named Crashing the Boards in honor of Pauskadayakana. <laughs> she is the, the player on our little logo. It's uh, not an accident. <laughs> not an accident. She's a lot of fun. And I think Wisconsin, as we've mentioned before, you know, we're going to hear a lot of repetitive teams in this podcast is that teams with no big, competent inside players, you know, not to knock Wisconsin too much, they're just not that big of a team, are going to have a very tough time against Akpana on the glass. And she took them to task. Just had another great performance. Um, had 18 rebounds, as you said. 11 points was solid for her as well. And had a lot of key, key rebounds in this game. You go down to the stretch when this game was kind of getting not close, but in that zone where you could either let them back in or keep her from the gas. She had a few really big rebounds in this game, so she was really huge down the stretch. And that's kind of a PKA special. Uh, when Northwestern made their run in the Big Ten tournament two years ago to the semifinals, they closed out like three consecutive games with Akpana just winning them like three to four consecutive possessions, and they just bled the clock for yeah, two, and that, two and a half minutes because they miss a shot and she just gets the rebound, yeah. feed it back out, and recycle it. That's another great thing about her is not only does she is she super like athletic, is that she has stamina. In the fourth yeah. quarter, her motor is as good as it is in the first quarter, which is really impressive. Now, I know she hasn't always played the most minutes in her career, but... To me, so far, all the minutes she's added this season, it's held up. She's held up in yeah. that. And exactly. Joe McEwen deserves a lot of credit. He's really good at staggering those minutes so that, as you said, Amit, she has a full take of gas in the fourth quarter. Sometimes that's due to foul trouble, but sometimes that's due to Joe McEwen saying, look, if I leave her out there, she's going to play really hard, but she's going to kind of fade down the stretch. And that hasn't happened in her career. Well, again, I think you mentioned the foul trouble. That was so important with Palace throughout her career, just growing up with this team, was that... As a very young player, especially as a freshman, she was getting into foul trouble time and time again, and that would limit her from playing a significant role on the team. She would play, I think, only 20 minutes max in most of those games. And now she's consistently playing almost 30 minutes a game. And That's even in this step. Wisconsin game, yeah. only three fouls that lets her be on the floor for those crucial rebounds at the end of the game. This Wisconsin game was a really good performance from Northwestern because... As we said on when we previewed this podcast, this Wisconsin team fights tooth and nail. They don't give up anything easy. They don't beat themselves. I don't want to say they're easily beatable. I mean, they're 0-5 in the Big Ten. But on defense, you have to beat them. They're not going to just gift you open shots. You have to find those looks. And it took Northwestern a little bit, I think, to do that. But Jordan Hamilton, guys, 6 of 8 from the field, 7 of 8 from the line, career-high 22 points. She was absolutely massive for Northwestern this game. 
That four-point play was yeah. one of the more fun plays yeah. that I got to see for Northwestern this year. So shout-out to Jordan Hamilton for that. Uh, she was doing everything for this team on defense as well. I think her defense can sometimes fly under the radar, but she is so important for what they do on the perimeter defensively. And then as a ball distributor, as just a shooter, as a scorer at the rim, really every part of her game was on. And I think that gave us a glimpse into what could this could be a night-in, night-out kind of performance for Jordan Hamilton in the not-too-distant future. It's going to take a little bit more to get consistent with that, but this this was the ceiling game. If this is what her ceiling looks like, sign me up yeah. for Jordan Hamilton. Yep. Yeah, I think part of it was that in the first half, Lindsey Pulliam had some foul trouble, played 27 minutes, which for her is low. She's most, usually, the, most of those were in the second half, as you said. Yeah, she played seven minutes, I believe, in the first half. I mean, she might have played the whole second half because she was fresh. But Jordan Hamilton showed what she could do without Lindsey Pulliam. I think the key for this team going forward is for both of them to play like stars when they're on mm-hmm. the floor. And they're but, freshmen. Yeah, they have and time. they're freshmen. Which is, but this was just really encouraging. Jordan Hamilton played really well in this game, shot really well, was aggressive. That's the key. That she was looking for her own shot. I think she could always do that a little bit more if you're a point mm-hmm. guard, unless you're putting up rust levels of just waste <laughs> of shooting. But another uh, performance I want to mention, Abby Shad. Yeah. She started off a little bit slow from the field, but really got into it and found a way to impact the game more yep. than just shooting. Had seven assists, three blocks. It was good for her, and she's you know been a little bit of a rut by her standards recently, and you know four eleven from the field still isn't great, but that's what you want for her to find a way to impact a, a, the score. I think she can you know maybe use this to build on going forward the the rest of the way. Yeah, that was big from Abby Shine. She struggled against Nebraska from the field, like you said. Didn't have a great day shooting here against Wisconsin, but Matt kind of felt like it clicked. Okay, I need to impact the game, and I need to impact the game whether that's shooting or not shooting. Came down with a couple of big rebounds down the stretch for Northwestern. Those seven assists, three blocks, played 39 minutes. She gave this team really good minutes and a really good contribution, even if she didn't maybe score at the rate or consistency you would have liked to see. Exactly, and their defense was really strong as well. You mentioned those three blocks. She was so key for them, in not only in the paint, but the way she plays, her defense on the perimeter is as important, if not more important, than the defense in the paint as well. And that presents a really tough matchup for opposing players because she's big enough that she can guard an opposing four in the paint, but she's also quick enough that she can stick with mm-hmm. if someone's playing a small ball four as more of a wing player. Kayla McMorris is a perfect example exactly. of that. She can stick with McMorris. And, and McMorris had a fine game, but not, not great. She can put up 20 points on a mm-hmm. given night, and she did not in this game. That was huge, and you have to credit Abby Shide for that. Uh, one more point from me on Northwestern, and then a question for you, Matt. Bertie Galernick gave Northwestern great minutes in this game. She played 26 minutes. She scored six points. She dished out five assists, didn't turn the ball over. She was huge, keeping them in this game in the first half. Once Pulliam picked up those fouls, Northwestern was kind of, uh, what's going to happen? Do we know? Do we know? And then it was huge from Bertie Galernick what she was able to do. Big, big props to her. I thought this was one of the best games she's played for Northwestern, maybe outside of that Green Bay game earlier this year. So, yeah. credit to her. And I love those two point guard lineups, too. They yeah. played that for a while in this game with Jordan Hamilton and Bertie Galernick. I think that gives the team a really good look offensively where they can mix it up. You know, sometimes one player is not feeling it. One possession wants to take a possession off here or there and just let Birdie have the keys for this possession then give it back to Jordan. It really makes it a much tougher team to guard. So I like that Joe McEwen was experimenting with that more, and he ran that lineup out for, what, 20-plus minutes in this yeah, game? Yeah, it, it, it helped. They were able Treading water is often has a negative connotation, but that lineup kept them in the game, which yeah, is huge. absolutely. Now my question, 
Will Suzanne Gilreath go five of five from three in another game this year? No chance. No chance. It happens. Sometimes you get, yeah. you get hot, you make some shots. Like, she's been a 31% three-point shooter consistently all year. And she hit her first shot, and you could tell she was like, oh, I'm feeling it tonight. She yeah. went five of five. That was the concern for me for Northwestern in this game. Another kind of not great defensive performance from behind the arc, but then you look at it, and it was just Gilreath got hot and hit shots. Yeah, exactly. Gilreath led the team with 17 points. I would be very surprised never doing that. if that's yeah. the case. Even, Legit- even this weekend yeah. Legitimate chance Suzanne Gilreath goes one of seven from behind the arc against Northwestern. Yeah. Yeah. She's reverse due. Yeah. yeah. You know, true. you make some, you miss some. <laughs> That's how, that's how it goes. Okay. It's make or miss league. Also, Michigan's beating Ohio State in the third quarter right now? By Whoa. four? Oh, well, almost, almost, almost not. They had an open layup. That's absurd. This would be a huge, huge... We'll get to the Big Ten chatter in a minute. This would be a humongous win for Michigan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely right. massive. Well, let's talk about Northwestern slate coming up. Yeah, yeah, Honestly, yeah. we don't need to talk about Wisconsin too much. If you're listening to this pro- podcast, you probably know what kind of Wisconsin's about. But let's talk about Purdue. Uh, this is a solid Big Ten team. Uh, you think about Purdue is doing what Purdue does, yeah, which is just completely be terrible in the non-conference. Uh oh, it's Big Ten play. Watch out for Sharon Versif. She's got her Purdue team cooking, and then they're gonna sneak into the NCAA tournament and get a ten seed despite these terrible non-conference performances. They did it last year, and it looks like they're gonna do it again. They're yeah, playing lost, well. Lost yes. to Utah. Lost to USC. Lost to Georgia Tech, Ball lost State, to Ball State, Ohio. lost to Ohio. Did win by 25 points against the Lady Eags. Yeah, only beat Tennessee oh. Martin by two. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. But um, again, again, they're doing what they always do. Yeah. And then Big Ten play rolled around. They So they started off some with rhythm. a result that kind of made sense given how non-conference went. Rutgers beat them by eight. Rutgers at that point was playing very good basketball. They dropped off a little bit. They pasted Wisconsin as they should have done. Bad loss at Indiana. Bad loss at Indiana now, maybe. But then the next two. But then beating Rutgers in a very and Holding them to 33 points is a great... I know Eight. Rutgers is not yeah. great offensively, great. but that's a good result. Good, good result for them. That was, a, was that a ranked team when they did yep. that? Yeah. Yep. Wow. And then and they then went to Iowa. And, and won by six in Another I- ranked team. Iowa. Yep. You know, they're not spectacular, but they're a very good team. Yep. They have Gustafson, who we've talked about, player of the year candidate. Fourth for the best team 10. in this conference. Yeah. Think, yeah. yeah. And so... This is what you're getting from Purdue. They're Nebraska-esque in terms of talent level, mm-hmm. performance level. Um, now, I said at the beginning of this podcast, a winnable game. We'll, we'll couch that a little bit. On the road at Mackey Arena against Purdue, who is firmly in the middle tier of the Big Ten, is a very, very tough game. And worth mentioning, Purdue has led the Big Ten in attendance consistently for the past few years. They get nearly 6,000 fans a game. This is as hostile of an environment as you will go into in the Big Ten. I think Purdue... Iowa and Nebraska are probably the three toughest places to play from a pure sporting standpoint. If there's going to be a lot of people in the crowd and there's going to be a lot of people upset with officials as this game goes on, if there's a home court advantage in the Big Ten that matters, it's probably Purdue's, and that this can be a tough place to play. They can, and Northwestern has had their share of struggles, not only this year on the road, but in general, mm-hmm. Joe McCune will tell you that any game on the road is a tough game for for most teams, and yep. especially for a young team going into a hostile environment. But, you know, this year they, they've been okay in road games. They're 3-3 three and three on the road overall. They won their conference road game yeah, against Illinois. It's not Illinois. February yet. Yeah. They have a couple games that are going to be a little little tougher uh, trips to Michigan and Ohio State. But for now, the road record is okay. Sure. And, you know, I, Purdue is they're playing good basketball, like I said earlier, but I don't think this is a juggernaut team. I don't think this is a no, team you go into no. saying that, 
Northwestern is going to be going to have no chance here. This is a team that they play good team basketball. They don't have individual superstars that are going to stand out to you, which you're really going to have to lock down. It's just kind of a solid yeah. team that's going to work all, really hard. And, all five of their starters uh, average pretty much nine points or more. Crystal McLaughlin at eight points. Yeah, she's but she's good. Yeah. I watched her in that Iowa game. She's a freshman. Yeah. She's a sharp shooter, 38% from behind the arc. You cannot lose McLaughlin in this game because yeah. she can be dangerous. All, she's going to be a player to watch out for as the Big Ten goes on. Can I? Rachel Banham-esque. Rachel asked, is she taking like just high degree of difficulty? The only, shots only that I takes. saw her take and hit against Iowa was like, oh, yeah. as a senior, she might be really, really good. Dominique Oden as well, 33 of 87 from behind the arc, shooting 38%. Uh, two very good shooters on the floor. And then you have uh, Ariana Harris, uh, averaging 8.5 boards, 12.3 points per game, and then they're Best player scoring wise, Andreana Keys. Andreana Keys. Only twenty seven offensive rebounds, thankfully, this year. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the last trip to I do. Arena. I do. I was yeah. there. I was there. Not a not, no, a, not a fun is trip. The, is the, is yeah, Andreana <laughs> Keys is the one who somehow managed to make a rebound, fumble the ball, and get it up to the rim in a second and a half to win a game for Purdue. Brutal. So, Lavina Cooper, that fifth starter, yeah. she's averaging ten points. Four boards, great. Like Matt said, this is a team that's going to play as a team, especially without Ashley Morissetti. She was kind of the engine yeah, that made them yeah. go. I think it took them a little bit to kind of find their rhythm without her, but they're, they're clicking, and they're clicking defensively. That This, to me, is what Wisconsin should hope to be in, mm-hmm. like, two years. A team yep. that's going to have a couple of different players who can knock down a three here or there, no real superstar, but can beat you in a couple different ways. Really good effort on the defensive end, trying to force turnovers, trying to just play good aggressive basketball and you can kind of see that intensity with Wisconsin now they're in the early phases of that but this is a team that should be is is a little further down the line in that quote-unquote rebuilding phase Mm -hmm. um and to me that that's Versip's a really good coach exactly he's done it consistently she gets the team to play hard and you know I I feel like they're gonna go out there any given night and feel like they have a chance if they go out there and play their style of game to hold the team to the opposing team to a low number maybe not 33 points every night but they held Wisconsin (laughs) to 35 and record to 33 that's pretty good pretty good Matt if you had to pick out one key for Northwest in this game what would it be Okay, no pun intended, but Adriana Keys. Ah, I get it. Oh, I did it. Uh, no, but she's a very efficient scorer, and I think the key for the key for Northwestern yeah. is going to be trying to force the ball. Like I said, they play good team basketball. If you can put put the clamps on her a little bit more defensively, kind of stretch out some of the other players, make some of the role players come in and knock down a lot of threes. Maybe they'll go five for five from deep, like Wisconsin. Maybe they won't. Yeah, but you don't know, and that's yeah, I've got a the, the national rankings. Give me the tabs. Give me the tabs. Oh, yes, the I tabs. got those tabs open. Uh, let's start at what Purdue is good at. They're twentieth in the country in free throw percentage, second in the conference. Northwestern has played two really bad free throw shooting yeah, teams so in the last two. Certainly tough if it gets down there. Uh, they don't foul the very much. Just fourteen point two fouls per game. That's second in the conference as well. Their scoring defense is second in the conference. They allow less than sixty points. Per game, very good there. Holding Wisconsin to 35 helps with that. Yeah, and Rutgers to... 33. Exactly. Uh, they're very good at blocking shots. 16th in the country, third in the conference. Yeah, and that's Ariana good. Harris yeah, 60. is fifth in the country. 60 block shots. But this is really weird. They're a really, really bad rebounding team. Now remember, almost every team we talk about in the Big Ten is like top 50 in the country in rebounding. Not with Purdue. They're 309th in the country in rebounds, Ooh. last in the conference. 
They get 34. I mean, the do number have, doesn't make sense, but do ranking wise, they're not very good. Opposing offensive rebounds at any is that uh, is that in there at all? No, the rebound margin is Only plus not point is nine. point nine. Let me go to their stats. Yeah. I bet you I can. So find in in thinking about that. Matt, just looking at that from a pure numerical standpoint, this could be a big Palace Kanayak pop. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She can make havoc yes. on the glass. If they can't handle her, she could be huge for Northwest. So Purdue has 208 rebounds. Uh, opponents have 233 uh, offensive re- Those are offensive rebounds. Okay. Yeah, so they get out-rebounded on they the get, offensive They side. get out-rebounded on the offensive That's where Palace Kanayak could have a huge mm-hmm. role. The key for her is going to be staying out of foul trouble. We say that a lot. But that's going to be the key again for her. But consider the way she's been playing lately, too, that we've talked about on this podcast. She's coming in. She's, she's coming in pretty hot. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's going to be a good thing for Northwestern. That's the player you want to be having a good week before this yeah, game. Yeah, that's the recipe, I think, for Northwestern is Akpana gets you possessions. This game turns into a slugfest. It's, you know, 57-54, and you grind it out late. Pulliam hits shots, and Shide plays better offensively than she has in the recent games. I think... That's the strategy for Northwestern. Jordan Hamilton could also be big. But if you get enough offensively and you have a good defensive day, yeah, you can come out of Mackey Arena with a win. It's just going to be kind of difficult. Uh, we'll talk about Wisconsin. We don't need to talk, you know, really talk about them too much because we just played them. We previewed them last week. Um, you know, if you're, you want a anything, very quick gloss on them. Yeah, anything change for you, Matt? Um, I'm kind of wondering what North, if Northwestern's going to adjust defensively given the three-point shooting. I hope that they really don't. Yeah, it's tough. It seems it's kind like, of fluky, but it's I instinctive. Wouldn't. It's instinctive to say yeah. that this girl shot five for five from deep, Suzanne Gilreath, and as a team, they made half of their threes. Maybe well, we should try to take that away. Let's check how Suzanne Gilreath did in the next game against Penn State. Ooh. They lost 69-62. to 62. Uh-huh. Suzanne Gilreath, five of 12, Whoa. which is not bad. Pretty good. She made five threes, same as last time. Took her seven more attempts, but that's still a decent. I think you need. Percentage. I think you need to be attentive to her, especially early in the game, because I, I think it really felt like in that game at ETHS that Gilreath hit her first shot and got confident because of that. If you can make her miss a couple early, I think then you can maybe back off and sag off a little bit. One other note: Kayla McMorris spent some time in foul trouble yep. in that last game. She only played twenty-five minutes. I'm assuming she'll play closer to 30. If it's a close game, 35 minutes, if she can stay out of foul trouble yep. again. She's the player who can beat you. Exactly. Wisconsin. You can't let her go off yep. against you. And she didn't talented. in this last game. Yeah, and she's, ta- and she's talented enough, too. You know, Wisconsin is not a great Big Ten team overall, but Caleb Morris is a very good she has her player. She has her nights. She has her nights, exactly like you said. When they do win a Big Ten game this year, and they will, she will be a big part. When do they play, do they play Illinois? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Well, that's probably going to be That's probably going to be Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a significantly tougher proposition going on the road to Wisconsin, but Northwestern is the better team. We'll mm-hmm. see. I think it'll be a good indicator of how they're feeling about road performances yeah. on Thursday night. I think that wraps up our little preview segment. Let's just bounce around the Big Ten for a little bit, guys. I know we have a very good game going on yeah. as we talk. It's a great one. Michigan hanging with Ohio State. Hanging is not the right word. They're up four. This pod will probably end before this game ends. That's a real bummer. I feel like we should record two segments here. One assuming Michigan won and one assuming Ohio State came back. Yeah. That'd be a lot of work for our editor, though. Yeah, it would be, but... Uh, yeah, no, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to do that. No. He doesn't want to do that. No, no, no I've, got, I've got things to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is Kelsey Mitchell still in foul oh. trouble? Oh. oh, Michigan's up seven. Caitlin Flaherty's really good. This she week, was due. She started out yeah, the game over six. The rest of this podcast will now just be us Probably. watching this Probably. game. It's like it's like you get a mega cast. Um, 
Matt, this would be a huge result for Michigan. I mean, yeah, the thing of that we have—they beat Iowa, which is a very solid result. They almost lost to Nebraska yeah. this last week, which but, is looking like a, it's more of a respectable thing sure. to do than it would have been last year. Um, but is it a bad thing that my real-time RPI automatically defaults to Chicago State? Oh, yeah, man, that's rough. <laughs> do we have a Cougs update for the week? What do they have? Uh, they blew a 16-point lead last midweek, and then they lost by a lot and turned the ball over almost more than they scored. Yeah. That yeah, that was not good. They, well, they, State's fifth they didn't, in, though. Fifth in RPI right now, so this would be a huge win for Michigan. Their only other real good RPI win was that Iowa win on the road, and then they beat Marquette, who's 18th in RPI. But if Michigan wins this game and then can just kind of be passable for the rest of the Big Ten year, they're going to get to the NCAA tournament, which is something they didn't do last year. No, and they should have last yes. year. By all because they got completely jobbed yep. by they, they really should have. They went on to win the NIT. So, yeah. you know, that was a good team last year, and they are still good this year. Um... So you have to you have to say that they are still third best in the conference. Yes. Yeah. Do you confidently, Matt, feel like the Big Ten can get five teams in the NCAA tournament? <sighs> no. The answer confidently. Really? I think they can get absolutely. I feel four absolutely. I think Ohio's, they can get five. Yeah. Ohio State, Maryland, R- Rutger, Michigan, and Iowa. Iowa. I think those That's, five. are yeah, I'm confident. Think, I, think right I, I still have a little. I love. I love Rutgers women's basketball. Don't don't get me wrong there, but. The way that they've looked this last the week. The Minnesota game was big for them. They um, bounced back after just a really bad performance at Purdue. Yeah. But they beat Minnesota. Other than that, I'm with you that it's, it's hard. The sixth is probably. They have, a, they have a tough schedule coming up. They have uh, they have that Maryland game coming up. Yeah, they in have the Michigan. Weeks. They have the Maryland, Michigan, Ohio State, Maryland stretch. They got to win one of those, I, I mean, think, come to on. come out looking somewhat have to get decent. Call to somebody at the Big Ten uh, offense. That's just not right. But like their non-con was good. Did they have NC? What State, was their quality wins in the non-con? NC, NC State, State, Virginia, Princeton, and Houston are all top 50 RPI wins. Okay. They played South Carolina tough. That's solid. I think if you're looking for a sixth team, Purdue is somehow still in the conversation as they always yeah. are. Michigan State. Uh, the Ball around. State loss wasn't as bad numbers-wise as it could have been. Same with the Ohio loss. Um, they're going to need to pick up some wins down the stretch, and they don't have a ton of opportunity to do that. Michigan State as well could get in there. And then Minnesota, I think, is kind of on the outside looking in, um, considering they didn't do a ton in the non-con. But, you know. Six is probably a stretch. You could talk me into it. I think five. I feel confident. You feel like it's a lock for Rutgers. I, I, have, I mean, I'm not going to say a lock. It's like, a, it could absolutely implode. The, the schedule gets tough. Yeah. They had a they had a real easy start to Big Ten play where they got five. They're five and one right now. And yeah. there's a scenario where they only win maybe three more Big Ten games for sure. the rest of the year. Is that enough to get in? You think? I think it's borderline. It's uh, gonna you be, I think it's on the bubble. More than four. It gets you on the bubble. Need to pick up more than four um, down the stretch. They get going through the schedule at Penn State. They should probably win. Yep. Uh, versus Nebraska, winnable. Winnable at Indiana. Winnable. Winnable. And then it's that four. Then game it's that four game stretch at Wisconsin. Is four at Northwestern probably five. And then the Iowa. The game. Iowa game is. So it's I think on, you probably need to win tough. two of those five of Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, Ohio State, oh, Maryland again. You gotta tough. win two. That's, and, that, and that's real tough. They could yeah. lose all of them. Yeah, they, but then this team could also make a run in the Big Ten tournament. That yeah, defense true. is going to travel to Indianapolis. Yeah. So they're going to be in a position where they could probably do something. You're right. Too. That's a good point that this is a team that is built, I think, yeah. really well yeah. for that Big Ten tournament because teams are going to get tired. Yeah. I think they're going to get a couple in. games. Yeah. I think they're going to get okay. in. Michigan State, with probably the biggest result in the Big Ten so far this year, going to Maryland and winning. Yo, Taryn McCutcheon. Taryn McCutcheon, 25 points in that game. Yeah. Friend of the podcast, Zach Wingrove, has to be loving that. 
Uh, now, don't go to Illinois and lose. That's just my advice to you, Michigan State. Yeah. That would not be the best way to fall. I'd be them. very surprised if that... Actually, not very surprised. I'd be mildly very, surprised. I'd be pretty uh, surprised. It's Big Ten basketball, so you never yeah. know. I'm not going to... I'm not going to go out there and say I'd be Michigan very State has a couple wins from non-conference. Quinnipiac is a top 50 RPI team. Yeah. South Florida is a top 25 RPI team. Add in a road win at Maryland, whose computer number isn't as great as it probably will be as the season goes on. Yeah. Uh, you're going to probably need a couple more in the Big Ten, but they're in the conversation. Yeah, I think Michigan State definitely has themselves hanging around. And, uh, again, that's a team that has a lot of work left to do. But, yeah. Um, but they're in the position where they can do that work. Yes, that, that's fair to say. Sure. Uh, any other teams on the bubble, Austin, that you think, think can no. get into this conversation? I think that's, Minnesota is kind of my cut line. Nebraska's got a winning record. You're not going to buy it. No, 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 their RPI no. is 82. No. Yeah. Nebraska Penn is going to have to struggle to get to we, the NIT. We had that conversation with Penn State at yeah. that point, but no. Then they, and the end just, of the non-con is really what's told yeah, it for me. It was yeah, like, oh, done. no. Uh, Indiana, they're, I mean, they're 8-11. and 11. They're 1-5 and five in the Big Ten. Like, no, you want to believe them in the talent, but no, yeah. at I, some point you got to win. I, I'd probably pick them to be in the tournament at the beginning Absolutely. of the year. Absolutely. I think everybody did. They, and they've done that, and then it's it was just like... It's been a nightmare like, season. Wow. Yeah, which is just so weird because you have two veteran seniors, and Indiana's probably going to lose to Maryland. It's a one-point game with 45 seconds left. But that doesn't feel like Indiana's going to win that game. Yeah. Uh, and once that but they, happens... They, they hung, though, so... Yeah. Yeah, that, but, but that's not going to get you in the NCAA No, tournament. no, it's not. Yeah. So I feel like the most likely number for a double, uh, NCAA tournament teams is five. Yep. Six would be a stretch. Four would be possible, but a real disappointment. Yep. That's kind of where we are think, now with that. Yeah, okay. I think that is... And you could, it's on you, Rutgers. Yeah, it is. Don't it blow is. it. Don't uh, blow it. One of these pods coming up, I think we should do a little Big Ten individual midseason awards. Ooh. Yeah. Put that in our... Talk it in for next week. One of, two of us have votes. Matt, oh, yeah. Dude, you I'm have sorry. a vote. Yeah, I need to get a vote. Two of us vote. got votes. At Big Ten. Yeah, yeah. Matt, somebody get Matt a vote. I would, I would I'll, I'll get talk, Matt a vote. I'll talk to Chris Masters, friend of the pod. I get would, Matt a vote. I would... Okay. Oh, man. Hashtag get Matt a vote. Okay. Get it trending, folks. Get it trending. <laughs> do our best. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like somebody who wants to end this podcast before I take it even further on. Yeah, we're going to do just that. Uh, <laughs> thanks a lot for listening to Crashing the Boards. As always, we've had a lot of fun on this one. Make sure you tune in to both games on WNR Sports on Air. I'll be on the call with Jake and Rika at Purdue on Thursday night. And Matt McHugh will be on the call with R11 uh, at Wisconsin on Sunday afternoon. Thanks for listening.